Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's up, Rebels? Hope you're having a great week. Thank you for joining us today. We have an amazing program for you. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by MyPillow. MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on a four-pack of pillows or the new Giza sheets. I got to tell you, MyPillow sent us sheets, and I was so skeptical. I was like, really? How good could sheets be? I mean, it's sheets, right? We've had them all of our lives. I'm telling you, last night was the first night in those new sheets. They are amazing. It's so crazy how great a night's sleep you can have, and it makes such a difference with the sheets. Giza sheets, Pet beds, our pets sleep on the MyPillow bed, the MyPillow, all discounted with the code word REBEL, MyPillow.com. We've got Dave and Ann Wilson on the broadcast today. I saw them on, I think it was Good Morning America, and they were talking about their faith on national TV. Couldn't believe it. They've got a book called Vertical Marriage. We love them because they both came on and they were very honest and vulnerable about their marriage. And we love that talking about going through problems, working through it, and making your marriage stronger. You're going to love them. Here is Dave and Ann Wilson on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. All right, Rebels. What a good broadcast. Man, I'm so excited. I wish all of you could have just heard like the pre-interview stuff because it's like, oh, this is going to be... Like every night I'm nervous, like, oh, what's this going to go like? I'm so fine now. I'm like, oh, this will be a lot of fun. Dave and Ann Wilson... The book's called Vertical Marriage. I was watching you on the Today Show. First of all, thanks for being on the broadcast. I appreciate it so much. We're looking forward to it. And for being honest and vulnerable, there's such this fear, especially in the Christian world, of being honest about issues and problems. And, you know, the only thing we talk about are things that were way in the past. And, you know, it's, it's things that, oh, we're completely perfect at today. Your book is such a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, people dealing with real problems. Awesome. Yeah. So actually, I got to be honest. We made all that stuff up. <laughs> you know, we know you, you losers out there have all those problems. That's right. That's right. By the way, I've met that author too. I was talking. I can't say who it is because it would it would shock people. I was like, dude, that story in the beginning of your book that was so crazy. And he goes, oh, I made that up. And I was like, Are you me? What? I'm like, but you were like at a conference where something like, and he's like, no, I made the whole thing up. I go, what? Yeah. What are you? What? This book is nonfiction. It's not a novel. Like it's a real. He's like, oh, I just it was better with the story that way, so I made it up. And I was like, oh my. Wow. Oh. Well, all of our stories are true. They're oh, the yes. real deal. <laughs> the real uh, deal. Uh, and they're- I know this because they're some of our stories as well. Yeah. But yeah. I was watching you on the Today Show, and you tell a story about your 10 year anniversary and going to dinner. Can you tell our listeners a little bit of that story? Because it's such a great introduction to your lives. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the first two chapters of the book. It's just literally what happened, and it. I never thought anybody in the world would ever hear about it because it didn't go the way I wanted to. I planned this great, right? It was great. It was great. Ten-year anniversary, romance, talk. I didn't put it in the book, but we went to a really nice restaurant, and I'm a tightwad, so I didn't tell Dan later that I had a two-for-one coupon at the restaurant because that would have ruined it, right? You can't full coupon. But well, we went to this really nice restaurant. I gave the waiter 10 roses, with, which was a secret to Ann, and said, hey, when I give you a look, bring over a rose at a time. 
And so we talked about year one and then Rose two was year two. And so we went through all 10 years and I'm not, I'm not kidding. I thought our marriage was a 9.8, 9.9 out of 10. And that night was confirming it because we had this great conversation. Everything's awesome. We're starting this church in a few months. we got two little boys at home. And so we're driving home, and I thought I'd surprise Ann with one more little surprise, and that was pulling in the parking lot of this little middle school where we had just signed a contract to rent to start our church. And mm-hmm. Ann had seen it. So it's about 11, 11.30 at night, and I thought we'll go there. We'll pull in the – there'll be nobody there. We'll pull in the back and pray and ask God to bless this church. And then I thought, let's go parking. Yeah. You guys know parking is, right? Yeah. No make out. That's right. Well, you've done it a little bit. He's thinking we're going to go to the back seat and make out for a while. Right? Yeah. Honda Real Accord. <laughs> yeah, we're in a Honda Accord, so it wasn't going to go too far. Yeah. <laughs> but I had dreams. I had aspirations, you know. They were hoping. Anyway, I lean over to kiss Anne, and she literally turns her cheek just, you know, so I tried again because I thought there's no way she's not kissing me. It's been romance and talk and money and the whole thing. So I tried again, and she turned away. <laughs> And so I honestly said what no guy wants to ask, but I had to ask it, you know, is, is anything wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to ask, I, I got to say, as he's having, you know, first rose, first year, second rose, second year, is there some part of you inside that's like, oh my goodness, how clueless are you? You're going through all this stuff as if it's so romantic. And I'm just like, oh, I just strangle you here in front of all these people. Like, were you dying? Yes, because we hadn't been doing well for a year, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. We'd been fighting a ton. He was never home. I would bring it up. He'd get defensive. We were just going around this circle, you know? Well, you were the, the chaplain of the Lions, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's was... my question. Were you traveling with them all the time as chaplain? Yeah, every road game. So oh. you're on the road. You're with pro sports players. You're going to dinners, and you're at home with two boys. And he's like, man, this is awesome. You're like, oh, so cool watching yeah. you on TV every week with your flying around the country with your sports team. Yeah. Oh my goodness. He's hey, Ryan, me right you're, now. you're not helping me out right here. <laughs> I'm telling you my life. I traveled for my living when we were first married. I flew all over the place. I spoke. I'd come home just so high from, you know, speaking yeah. to thousands. I spoke in the Pontiac Silverdome. That was my, yeah. my crowning achievement. I had 72,000 people Pontiac Silverdome like, You've never been so high as that. And you come home to your wife that's been taking care of the house and doing all the mundane day-to-day. And you're like, isn't life awesome? No. (laughs) Here's a kid. You go clean the toilet. I'm out. Well, it is true. I would walk in the house and she would throw. You're not going to believe this. Our dog is going to bark the whole time. I love it. Go feed him real quick. Just run back. No, wait. I have to tell my story. Yeah, tell your story. Tell your story. Yeah. So we go out to this dinner, yeah, and I'm thinking, Dave thinks we're like a 9.8 or a 10, and I'm like, are you kidding me? We're a .5. That's what I thought, maybe a 1. And I was so angry that he didn't realize how bad we were doing. Like, I'm like, are you that clueless? And so there was a part of me, I appreciated the night with the roses and all this great stuff, but I was also feeling like, wow, dude, you're kind of late, you know, you're late in the game. And so when he was doing that, I appreciated it. You know, he he leaned over to kiss me, asked me what's wrong. And I wasn't going to bring up anything that was wrong because I thought he really did make this a great night. And I didn't want to bring it up and wreck the night. But then he kept pressing me. So finally I said, well, actually, I have 
lost all of my feelings for you. Mm. I have nothing left. Mm. I'm dead inside. Yeah. And no hope that we're going to make it. Yeah. And that's where the evening, he thought we were going to be making out in the back seat. I'm like, I don't even like you, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And that, here's wow. the thing for anybody listening, anybody yep. that listens to this on the podcast or on Facebook live, the truth is that's really, really common. <clears throat> we yep. just think I, I feel hopeless. I'm exhausted. I got yeah. two little kids at home. They paw on me all day. Now you want to paw on me at night. Like, are you kidding me? Like what is going on? And for a guy to be doing well in your job, to be, you know, having rented a place, having starting a church, all of this, all these things are going well it's easy to overlook what's going on internally or in the marriage in those times. We hear these things all the time. Yeah, pretty consistent. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I look back now and I'm shocked that I missed the symptoms. Yeah. They were all there. I mean, I get in the car to go to a meeting and we're yelling in the driveway as I'm getting in the car because she's frustrated I'm leaving again. I'm frustrated she doesn't understand. I'm providing for the family. God's doing great stuff. And so all the symptoms were there. So when she said that night, I lost my feelings. I should have known. Yeah. But I was totally clueless. Well, you were running so hard. It came out of nowhere. And I just looked at her like, wow. And I was getting ready. i like, okay, here we go. Here's our typical fight. He's going to get mad. He's going to defend himself. And I was all ready for it. Yeah. But it didn't go where I thought it would go this time. Yeah. Mm. So where did it go? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was headed that way. I mean, it was crazy to think, but she's talking and telling me that she went from anger to bitterness. And now, I mean, I hear it's like, wow, you're numb. Yeah, I said, I have nothing. Like, you have nothing for me. And I'm thinking, she's leaving. But here's the thing. I went right where I always went. Defensive. I'm going to prove her wrong. I reach. I'm not kidding. I turn my hand. And in the backseat of this Honda Accord is my day planner. Back then, we had it on paper. Yeah. You know, and I was going to pull it out, open it up and go, oh, yeah, you don't think I'm home? I was home Tuesday. I was home for I was going to prove to her she's wrong. I'm right. You shouldn't be feeling this way. I mean, you ever been there? Oh, no, I never. Uh, Yeah. No, for sure. I I never try to prove how right I am when my wife's feelings are hurt because, you know, it works. Who does that? To be right. Yeah. To be right all alone. Like, you're right. You're, you're totally right. You're right over there by yourself, by yourself (laughs) over there. Oh goodness. I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) So that's what I was doing. I mean, I reach back there. She's talking. It's most mysterious, almost miraculous things ever happened. I heard the voice of God in Mm. not an audible voice. It wasn't weird. It wasn't the dome light flickering or anything. It was does the Holy Spirit of God live in my soul? Yeah, I'm a follower of Christ. He lives in this temple. Can he speak? Yep, he can speak. And I again, I didn't hear an audible voice, but it was very strong. It wasn't a nudge. It was a shove. And it was, not kidding, I heard two words, as plain as day, and it was shut up. You know, and sometimes people hear me say that, like, God would never say it like that. Oh, yeah, he did. He didn't yeah. say be quiet. He said shut up because I needed to hear very strongly you got to listen to your wife. That's what it meant. Listen yeah. to her. Lean in and hear what she's saying. And if I'd known at the time, I would have I heard this. I'm speaking. God, I am speaking to you through your wife. All I heard was shut up. So I and didn't even know it. I just pulled my hand back and I put it on my lap like I was never going to grab my day timer. <laughs> I just looked at her and I said, tell me more. You know, and Whoa. I don't know. I've never done that. Mm. Ever said, I really want to know more. I want to know your heart. I always cut her off. I interrupted. I proved her wrong. And I won the battle. 
And that night was a miracle because I said, tell me more. Whoa, and so, shock. Yeah. How was that for you too? You're gearing up for the fight. Like I can tell there was a situation in our neighborhood and this mom was coming up to my door and I was gearing up for the fight. I was like, oh, you're, you want to come and tell me I'm ready for you. And I opened the door and she was like, oh my goodness, is everything okay? And I was like, oh. I, I, I lost on the spot. I was like, oh, I, I was done. Like, how did you feel? It's Proverbs. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Mm. And so I was getting gearing up and then he was just like, tell me more. So then for the first time, I'm like pouring out my heart, not in anger, just going to the depths of my soul mm. of and the rejection that I had felt. Yeah. And then he's really engaging. Yeah. And then another miracle happened and I heard God say one more word and he said it three times. I mean, it's so strange. I don't hear the voice of God like I'm some weirdo. Hey, you know. Yeah. But it was that strong of a nudge, and it was repent. Mm. Three times. And here's a amazing thing about that word. I know that word. I, I preach it. You know, I'm a preacher. I know metanoia in the Greek means change your mind, change your direction, the whole <laughs> thing. I knew, and this is how beautiful God is. It was like in one word, I knew what repent meant for my marriage. And God didn't need to say anything else. In one word, I knew this. My walk with God at the time was lukewarm. I was not in the word of God. I was only going to the Bible to get a sermon, to go preach, or to get a little study, to go give the Detroit Lions players. And they go, you're amazing. That was great stuff. And I walk out of the room and go, I did my job. I was not sitting with the Bible open and literally having an intimate walk with God like I had done for years of my life. I had done that in seven or eight months. I was running from one event to another. Here, here's what it was. I was doing the ministry of God and leaving God behind. Yeah. He, wasn't even, he was just, and so I knew God was saying, you're lukewarm. And all this in one word, he was saying, if you think this, the horizontal marriage relationship is going to work, it'll never work unless this, the vertical relationship with me is first. Mm. If I'm the number one priority, good luck with this. But if I get, if you get this right, this has a chance. Yeah. Amen. All that was in one word. And again, Anne's talking, so I'm listening, but I'm, I know what I have to do. I, and I said to Ann, as she finished, I said, we need to talk and we really do need to talk and I want to hear more. But before we do, I have to do something and I need to do it right now. And I said, you don't have to do this. This isn't about you, but I do. And I need to do it right here, right now. And she's looking at me like, you know, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I got to do this on my knees. And I don't always pray on my knees, but I felt like at that moment, my posture needed to be fully submitted to surrender. So I got on my knees in the front seat of a Honda Accord and, and the driver's seat, don't ask me how, I pushed the seat back and the steering wheel's in my back, but I got on my, uh, put my elbows on the driver's seat and I just, I just said, God, I am lukewarm. And I, I tell you what, I grew up in a church where I was the kid judging all the lukewarm Christians. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> I'm be that guy. And there I was, I was the preacher not living what he's preaching. So I just said, I put you back in control. I repent. You need to be number one in my life, and you're not. And so I give you everything. You, you're first. Make me the husband she deserves. Make me the dad my kids are longing for. Give me the power to change my life. I, I submit and put you back in, in control. Amen. And I turned like, okay, let's talk. And I turned. I think my eyes were closed because I didn't know what happened. She's on her knees on the other side of the car, and I'm like, hmm. Well, and what happened was when Dave got on his knees and he started praying out loud, I was instantly convicted 
because what I realized was I felt like God was speaking to me and saying, Ann Wilson, you've been trying to find your life, your happiness and your fulfillment through Dave, your husband. Yeah. He's equipped or meant to fulfill those needs. That's my job. You guys, you know what I mean? It's almost yeah. like my marriage and Dave had become my idol. Yeah. Like you make me happy. And I really thought if Dave would get his act together, I could be happy. Yeah. Wow. And I think that's common with I'd say the majority of women I talk to. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got on my knees too in the car and just said, God, I've made Dave an idol. I've been trying to find my happiness through our relationship. Yep. You've taken my eyes off of you, Lord. Mm. And so I put you back like, Father, we need you. And it's funny. We had surrendered our marriage on our wedding night. We got on our knees and we had prayed, God, we give you our marriage and we pray that you give us a great, a, not just a good marriage, but a great marriage that will impact others. Mm. And when you go through those trials, you think, oh, God didn't even hear. You know, that, that didn't even go anywhere. And yet God's always fighting on our behalf, but we really do go through valleys sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I got to say to any guy listening, doing the hard thing is difficult. You know, it's easy to fight, prove that you're right, win the argument, you know, give up, walk away. There's a couple I'm thinking of right now, and there's some real troubles going on, and the husband's just giving up, and he's just being a coward. He's just being a coward. It's hard to do the hard thing. It's also right to do the hard thing, and to listen to the Lord, it's, it's to be difficult obedient. to be like, yeah. hey, hey, shut up. Like, people are like, oh, the Lord doesn't say that. Listen, in Job... When the Lord finally speaks to Job, he says, I'm going to talk, you're going to listen. That's that's a parent thing. You're like, you tell your kids, like, shush, no, no, I'm going to talk, you're going to listen. And then he says, gird up your loins and take it like a man. Nothing good comes after that. No one gives you cake after saying that. It's like you get a shot or bad news. Like, gird up your loins, take it like a man. Like, oh, this is going to be rough. <laughs> yeah. You did what you needed to do, though. You just said, I am so sorry. And, and, he knew exactly, people are like, oh, what does the Lord sound like? Oh, you know it when you hear it. That's for mm-hmm. sure. You may not be able to describe it, but you know it when you hear it. You're like, oh, uh. He gave you that one word that you had learned. You knew the exact definition. You knew He knew one word would tell you every single thing you needed to do to mm-hmm. get back into that relationship. Repent. And so many people could rekindle their marriage Rekindle relationships with their parents or with their kids or with their spouse or with a sibling or, you know, by repenting. Repenting. Yeah. 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 So we have some notes that we took and we were wondering, or I was wondering, you guys have a secret for your marriage. And I was wondering, what is your guys' secret for marriage? Well, attention. Yeah, that's the subtitle. The one secret, you know, we're like, there are five. There's only one. (laughs) Hoping that people think I got to find out the one. Obviously, there's a lot, but here's right. the bottom line, and, and you guys obviously have experienced it. And we, you know, as we've been speaking now for almost three decades around the country on, on marriage, so many couples come up and they say something like this I think I married the wrong person. Mm. You know what I mean? In fact, years when we started our church in the first five years, I stood on the stage one weekend and said, Hey, we're starting a marriage series next week, and I want you to come back because here's the title of my sermon Now that you've married the wrong person, dot, dot, dot. All these people rushed up at the end of the sermon. Oh, can't wait for next week. I'm like, really? Why? They're like, because I, I married the wrong person. I'm like, no, 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 you didn't. You know? 
But it was so interesting that so many people think that. Here's why they think that, right? We thought it. Yeah, we did think Because it. you think, I'm marrying the person that's going to bring me happiness. Yes. That's why I'm marrying her. She's my one. I chose her. And then you get married and you're discouraged or, or disappointed. And you're Let like, down. she is not bringing me the happiness or he's not bringing that I thought. Mm-hmm. So you can, oh, it's somebody else. I mean, go watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Don't watch it. But if you do, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the whole search is who's the one. And so here's what we say. We say, you didn't marry the wrong person. You're looking in the wrong place. You know, if you think somebody here is going to give you the joy and happiness you long for or some job or some money or some addiction or some pleasure, it's never going to totally mm. – it'll satisfy for a bit. Yeah. But really, the longing in your soul is spiritual in nature. Guess what? The answer is spiritual too. So that's what vertical means. If you go vertical and find your in your creator through Christ, and it's real, not just go to church. Re- I mean yeah. really a relationship that's Intimate dynamic relationship. with Jesus where – you realize he really is the well of living water yep. and you're filled. Now what happens? You come back to your marriage, no longer me. You've got to make me happy. You come back like, I've got what I'm looking for. I've got it in Christ. What? Now I serve. Now I love. Now I give my life away to serve my spouse rather than the man that take care of my needs. Yeah, definitely. Oh my goodness. And you're making the right choice. You know, it's the, we've talked to couples and they'll say, you know, I just don't see them in my future anymore. You know, I wish I did. I just don't see them in my future. It's like, well, that's a choice. It's the choice to see them in your future. You know, you can choose that. You can start dreaming of a new future with that person. You can do that. It's just a choice you're going to have to make. And is it difficult? It's absolutely difficult. Is it hard? Of course it's hard. You can also do it. And it's worth it. It's worth the fight. Yeah. That's the thing. It's hard, though. It's really hard to put the time, the effort, to keep pursuing one another. Yeah. It's just like our walk with God. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's us being with him and being purposeful in our time with him and what we do. And, and so, it comes down to how bad do you want it. Yeah. Like, if you want a body, you go in the gym and you pay the price. Yeah. And you have to Same thing you walk with God, same thing in your marriage. But at the same time, we also know what they feel when they say I'm out because six months into our marriage, we're in a fight driving to our first job to be the chaplain of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah. And it's screaming at me in the front seat six months after the greatest day of our life getting married that she doesn't want to be married to me anymore. Six months. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I told him marrying you was the biggest mistake of my life. Ooh. And I I agree. Yeah. I'm like, you're right. We're idiots. We shouldn't have done this. Here we are six months Three months later, I get on my knees in the middle of the night. I, I think you might have read it in the book because we're fighting and I can't stand it. Yes. I literally pray to God. I say these words, God, I'd rather be dead than married mm. to her. Yeah. You guys, I love that you say that, though, because there's so many couples that actually do say that. Yeah. And they feel so guilty and so ashamed of having those feelings. And it's like, listen, those are feelings. Those are emotions. My dad years yeah. ago wrote a book called Emotions, Can You Trust Them? Short version. Yeah. No. You can't. Yeah. There's all kinds of things that can change your emotion. You get into a big fight and you feel these things. You go, oh, no, I'm a terrible person for feeling. Now here's a person. Yeah. You have feelings. Well, the bad thing was we actually said all that stuff to each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, we'll get into that. that. Was... But I have a quick question. Did you guys seek a third party after your 10th anniversary? Did you ever seek third party? Oh, yeah. We've had people help us all through. I mean, counselors, good friends, you name it. When we were in trouble, we went to... Get help. I mean, people come to us as pastors for help. Yeah. Why would we go to somebody for help? Well, we have a real passion, too. We feel like people feel shame over the things they go through, so they keep it in the dark. Yes. 
And, and isn't that exactly where the enemy of our souls and our marriage wants us to stay in the yeah, dark? Yeah, that's right. The light and you expose it to friends, to a counselor, to people that can give us godly wisdom. It's amazing how that can set us free. And it's one of the reasons why we verbalized our pain in it. I see. Because everybody goes through pain. For sure. It's also yeah. the reason we're that raw in the book. I'm right. so it's glad like, you are too. We're finally in an era. We interviewed Lisa Turkers the other day, and she's being mm-hmm. vulnerable and really honest about what happened in her marriage, about having infidelity and still working it out. Our very first broadcast was a Cindy Beal. Her husband got hooked on pornography, and they almost got divorced, and they ch- decided not to get divorced. Mm-hmm. And 16, 17 years later, they wrote a book called Rebuilding a Marriage Better Than New, and we talked to a single mom, you know, a couple of months ago, and she was like, sometimes I just don't want to go pick up my kid. And I'm like, okay, lots of parents feel that way. And she goes, what? <laughs> she almost started crying. I She's feel like, so terrible. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? Kids are like spoiled, rotten brats sometimes. You don't want to pick them up from school. Who cares? You still do it. You've never yeah. abandoned your child. She's like, no, never. I'm like, yeah, you're a good parent. You just have regular feelings. Yeah. But I mean, you know, here's the truth. My parents couldn't ever write those things. In the 80s and 90s, authors, speakers, pastors, we were not in an era. Like, my childhood in the books growing up is the Facebook version of my childhood growing up. You think we had a perfect family? Like, all these 80s parents and 80s pastors had perfect childhoods growing up. That was the Facebook, Instagram version of my childhood. Everybody should know that. We just forget that that's how it was portrayed. But if he had gone on air and said, oh... I blew it with Shirley last night. We had to go to a therapist and talk about blah, blah, blah. People would have been like, ah, they would have, you know, set their hair on fire. But today we have to. If you don't, it's it just reeks of being inauthentic. If it's like, oh, our marriage has been great, but here for all you sinners, here's what you can do. And it's like, no, you know. Yeah, Yeah. the tides are changing. Yeah. You know, one thing we find in couples, we're shocked when couples fight like Laura doesn't say mean things to me. Like she doesn't cuss at me. She doesn't like hurt my feelings on purpose. I'm stunned when we coach couples, the things they say to each other. I'm like, Oh gosh, you can't take that back. Like you've got to, you can't swear at your spouse. You can't say like, I can't even say the things out loud. It embarrasses me. Like I like, it hurts my feelings. What are some of the things that you do? Cause everybody fights like Laura and I fight like for real. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. I'm a terrible person to live with at times. I'm I'm crazy energetic. Like when when I feel threatened, I'm I get louder and louder. You know, we were talking about it with a therapist today over things things. What are the things you talk about when you fight fair? That's a good question. Well, I mean, you just said it. There are rules when you fight. Yes. Uh, I, we we explain it like, you know, I I played football and I was a chaplain all these years. There's there's sidelines. You step outside the sidelines, you're out of bounds. So same thing. We're very careful with our tongues. Now, you know, yeah, we were. I mean, like the day she said six months in, I wish I'd never married you. We'd never said it again. Yeah, yeah we know. Like that's going out of bounds. It's a you broke the rules. You don't say things that are because words really do matter and they hurt. Yeah. And you can carry them. So that's one of the things I think for us, we would really encourage young couples like become experts at knowing how to resolve conflict. Yeah. Yes. And one of the things that we, that's what we didn't do is even knowing your style. Like Brian, you just said you're loud. You're a communicator. Probably that's me. That's her. <laughs> I, like, I don't mind conflict. Like let's talk about it. Let's get it out there. And I hated conflict. I ran from it at all costs. Again, 
walking into our marriage, I, I was so clueless. I had no idea that every groom and bride walked down the aisle with several bags in their hands. Yes. Called, right? That's right. You said that in the book. Like you got into a big yeah. fight and you just left. Like yeah. you're like, oh no, 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 we can't fight. I'm just gonna leave in the middle of a fight. Like. I don't even know what I would do. And here's the truth too, from and from your point of view, you're like, hey, come back and fight me like a man. But it, part of that is, don't leave me. Like I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to separate. I don't want to be apart from you. Like what are you doing? Like we're in a fight. Like this is this is heart stuff right here. You got to come back. Like what do you mean? Yeah. Exactly. And I didn't even put it in the book, but I said, come back and fight me like a man. You chicken. Yeah, she she's <laughs> the chicken out of the book. <laughs> he should have put it in the book. The crazy thing is I come back into the room and we put this in the book and all I did was curse. Mm. I go, oh yeah, we'll bleep you. And then I walked out. And we're brand new believers. Brand you know? new. Yeah. And here's the amazing thing. I never so even awesome. put these, these pieces together till a decade later. When I walked back in the room and cursed and left, guess what I did? I copied what I saw my dad do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never even knowing before, yep. uh, even at Time. I don't even think I knew the Bible said the sins of the father will visit down. Yeah. There I was watching and doing what my dad had done, not knowing that here's what I, I brought into my marriage. You know what? I had this bag that I brought in. I don't like conflict. I've seen it in my home. Two alcoholic parents, divorce. Yep. It's bad. Avoid it at all costs. So naturally, I'm going to walk out. So one of the things we've learned over the years is one of our rules would be you don't leave. You stay in there and you say, okay, let's roll up our sleeves. We got to talk. And I've learned to do that. But wow. man, it wasn't natural. But I had to change my view of conflict. I used to think it was bad. I don't think it's bad now. I think it's actually good. Mm. Or if you handle it correctly. Yes. And so I learned to be pretty good at, at resolving conflict. That was a big thing that was really important for us to teach our kids because we've seen how important it is with one another. And I, I had this situation with our son that was 13 at the time. And you guys, we got in this big fight before school and I got all mad and like, oh my gosh, you were grounded, you know, and I go off. And (laughs) so we get in the car to go to school. This is typical. And they're like, hey, I overreacted. I'm super sorry. Let's talk about this before you get out of the car. And he just sits beside me, stonewall. Yeah. Doesn't stonewalls. Yeah. Yes. So then I get even more mad. I wonder where you got that idea. (laughs) So then I'm mad and I said, hey. Don't get out of the car until we talk about this. This is important for us to resolve. And he looks at me. He opens the car door and he goes into the school. I know. I'm sad. So and here's one of the things in conflict. I'm driving home like, oh, my gosh, I've lost control. What am I going to do? And James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to anyone who asks. So many times we go to God last instead of going to God first. first. Yeah. So I went to God and I said, God, I don't know how to respond. I don't know what to do. And I got this picture in my head and I went home. I grabbed a piece of paper. I drew a stick figure of a woman, stick figure of a guy, and I drew a brick in between them. And I put it on the desk where my son studies every night. So he comes home, he goes up and he studies and he comes down and goes, hey, mom, what is this picture? Is this your attempt at art? And I said, oh, that's the picture that came to me today. That's me. That's you. And that brick there is the fight that we had today. And he goes, Mom, I'm not mad about that. I said, I'm not mad about it either. But it doesn't mean that that brick, which is our fight, disappeared. It just means we're not mad that it's there. But it's always there. And I said, CJ, your dad and I travel around the country 
And we deal with people that have had a fight and they build a brick. And then they have another fight. And I took my pencil and they, they build another brick. And so I made this big wall and I said, there's parents with their kids that have fights and they don't resolve them. And so they create these walls where after a while they can't hear each other. They don't, mm. they don't even know where to begin because there's just this mountain between them. And he's so funny as a typical 13 year old, he goes, uh, so how do we get rid of the brick? Yeah. Amen. It was cool. So we talked about it. We both talked about what we felt. We apologized. We prayed. And I took my pencil out. I erased the brick. And I said, let's just promise to not have bricks in our lives between each mm -hmm. other. And on to say, and I hope that you and your future wife someday will never create walls between the two of you. Mm -hmm. Really big in conflict to just deal with it when it comes and get rid of it so that you don't have walls. Yeah, totally. That's it's so great. important for your kids, too that you show them proper conflict, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. my parents, I can, I'm trying to think how old I was when I heard them fight for the first time. I was well out of the house. I mean, I never heard them fight oh. ever. It's not, I'm sure they did. Give me a break. They had to have. They never did it in front of us. And I didn't know how to fight with another person. Like I fought with my parents and they fought with me and that's just what I brought into my marriage. I was probably... I think I was in my early 30s. I was staying at their house and our bathrooms were above and below each other in a two-story house. Like it was basement. I'm staying down there and I was in the bathroom and I heard them arguing and I laughed so hard because I'd never heard and I couldn't tell what they were arguing about. And later on, I was like, what were you guys fighting about? We were fighting. I go, no, like, uh. for sure you were. I heard like I could tell tone of voice. Like, I don't know what you're talking about completely fake. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, for real. Like, it's okay. I'm an adult. I've been divorced at this point. Like, it's okay to this day. I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, okay. Like, we go to a third party all the time now. Like, I tell couples, yeah. make the investment. Like, we yeah. tell people that have been married for a decade, you spent X number of thousands of dollars on your wedding how oh, much money have you spent on your marriage since, since then? then? How yeah. many books yeah. have you bought? Conferences have you gone to? Counseling sessions attended? Something. The majority of people tell us zero. Yeah. Decade in, zero. We haven't spent anything. Or it's the wife has read a bunch of books. The husband's like, what are you talking about? We're fine. With the Detroit Lions wives this year, before our Bible studies started, I said, I want you to add up all the years of schooling you've been through, all the years of any sport that training. you've been training, any, any college or anything beyond that of some sort of train, add them all up. So they had these astronomical years mm -hmm. built up. And I said, put down how many years and hours you've spent learning how to have a great marriage and great relationship. There weren't more than 10 hours put into any marriage. And that's out of 20 people. Yeah. yeah. crazy. And this is the most important relationship between a husband and wife. Yeah. Yeah. Third party. I mean, go to conferences go to good conferences, you know, go to any conference, you know, here's the, the problem though is it's true. Laura and I do marriage conferences. Most of those you go to, there's a guy or a couple on stage lecturing to a large audience. And you're like, what? Like taking notes, <laughs> like, what are you talking? Is this going to, two weeks later, you're like, am I holding the talking stick or are you holding the talking mm -hmm. stick? Like it's <laughs> tough stuff to go through, Right. You got to go find a good counselor, find someone that you can work with that understand. And if you go to a bad counselor, find a new one. It's like no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's good and bad just like anything else. There's good football teams and there's bad football teams. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And that's so, the thing. It's a so, coach. Like if you want to get yeah. better at athletics or at sports, you know, I have a trainer that lives down the street. When I need training, I get my trainer. She gives me proper yeah. technique, technique above everything else, technique above above power. You know, I got to get those things right before I'm getting the lifting going on. That's what a good therapist, a good counselor can do for your marriage. They coach you through the – you go to them like, listen – we have the same fight for 10 years, the same fight for five years. We can't get through it. Go to somebody else. Like yeah. get someone else to input into your lives. What would you guys say to the newly married, the new millennials getting married right now? What would you suggest like would be the most important thing for them? I know you talked about learning how to fight fair and conflict, but is there anything else that you would like suggest? I know you speak all over the country and everywhere, but what would be your heart to say to all them listening? Yeah. First thing I tell them is to go get this book called Vertical <laughs> Marriage. <Yeah. laughs> you know, that's what happens when you're a first-time author. I'm kidding. You know, we do say, and, I, and it's really from a guy named John Gottman. I don't know if you know that name, but he's a sort of expert in the area of, oh, yeah. of yes. uh, marriage, especially conflict. Not a church guy, not a Christian, but he says the number one factor in determining the future and health of your marriage is how you do conflict. Yep. That's okay. I know we've already talked about that, but that is huge to know that everybody knows how to fight. Nobody, very few know how to resolve. So, and I think it really does, as you walk through the journey of resolution, you have to get to a point of giving up your right to punish your spouse and forgive. Mm. Man, that's deep. That's huge. Not punishing your spouse, not punishing them by stonewalling, not withholding affection, uh, not withholding kind words, not stopping cleaning up or doing whatever the chores you do around the house. The four horsemen. You know, no showing contempt, not rolling your eyes, uh, you know, those types of things. Yeah, not punishing your spouse is such a big deal and reconciling, coming back together again. Couples could forgive, and I think it's really something you can only do vertical. Because yeah. if it's a deep wound, you can't muster it up. Right. It's got to be God softening your heart and getting you to a place where you give up your right to punish. That's sort of definition of forgiveness. Couples would forgive one another. They'd stay married. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. They can't, and they just they, they give up. And it's – I mean, one of the things we've learned since we've been married 39 years or almost 39 years, and, and we talked about it earlier, I don't want – take away what you're going to say, but it's worth hanging in there. Because mm. here we can look back now over three decades and go, we almost quit. We almost quit multiple times. Yeah. And, and now we're in this season of life. It's almost like, oh, this is so good. We almost miss this, oh. you know, by giving up. Really. I think the thing that I would say too is um, like, sometimes we don't know the baggage that we're carrying until we get married. Like you think that you've dealt with it. So, but I would say to couples um, or even people that are going into marriage, like deal with your stuff before you walk into your marriage. Like you go to counseling a lot of times after you get, go to counseling before you get married. Yeah. People that we've seen that are struggling with identity issues. You hear all these lies in your mind. You're struggling with this stuff in the past. Mm -hmm. I think the things I had these wounds growing up from sexual abuse from, and we had this carousel issue that kept coming around. Every one of our fights is basically, you're not here for me, and I'm not a priority. If I would track that back into my life, that's my gaping wound yep. growing yeah. up. Yep. Was over there, like I didn't feel like someone was there and saw me thinking, oh, Dave will meet that need. 
And all it did was it exposed my need even more yeah. because even couldn't meet that need. And so I almost wish like, oh, I, I knew I had that need. I wish I'd have gone to God the Father. Like, what is this in me? Because I keep hearing you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. I have shame that I hadn't dealt with from my abuse. And so I would really encourage people. And even if you're married, like, what's your carousel issue? And what does that stem back from? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Totally. And that's a lot of deep stuff. But I think it impacts your relationship on a day-to-day basis. Oh, for sure. 100%. And that's why you really need to get a third party. If you've got that thing that keeps coming back around, it's not about your spouse. It's about you. It's okay. Right. It's no big deal. Yeah. But if the problem is never in the mirror, you're never going to grow. And get a third party. Be like, hey, you know what? I was talking to someone the other day. I took them to their first AA meeting. And we were talking about when they started drinking for the first time. And it was at a very, very traumatic time in that person's life where they had no idea how to cope with all these things that were facing them. I'm like, hey, listen, that's what you talk to your therapist about. Go back to that time learn how to process all those emotions, learn how to process those feelings, learn what it was like to be young and to not have the tools. And the only tool you had was alcohol. That's super understandable. Mm -hmm. So many people turn to that because it's like, I I can't deal with it. I just can't. Of course, if you don't know how to do that. And then now as an adult, as we try to make healthier decisions, then learn how to process those things. It's okay. Yeah. Well, Dave and Anna, I love how you guys say, too, with those issues, bringing those vertical, like just taking everything vertical, going back to the Father for your identity, going back to the Father for your past wounds, your past hurts, your past, you know, unreconcilable things between your spouse. Just, I mean, I think that's just glorious. Mm, It's Mm. awesome. You guys, thanks so much for being on the broadcast. It's we appreciate so it. awesome. Thank you for being honest in your book, too. For yeah. being honest on the show, for being honest on the Today Show, for telling real stories about real life. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you guys for what, what you're, you're doing, doing too. Awesome. Thank we you. can't wait to have you back on again. We'd love to come see you. Thanks. Anytime, let us know. Have a great. Thanks for listening, Rebels. Thanks to Dave and Ann Wilson for having such a fun broadcast. They've got a great podcast. You can check them out on iTunes. Thank you also to The Voice of the Martyrs. Persecution.com is their website, helping those in countries hostile to our gospel for more than 50 years. We appreciate them so much. Thank you, Rebels, for listening and for sharing it with your friends. When we grow, we get better and better. Thank you so much. God bless. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting and everyone does you can find it at rebelparenting.org Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999 That's R-E-B-E-L and the number is 444-999 We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family so thank you God bless Thanks for spending your time with us And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.